Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides, and you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Thursday, September 8th, 2022. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created. Also, total projections using weather data. I make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you the same. As our goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so it'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to see it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, this week been up and down. Uh, we, uh, bad Monday, good Tuesday, bad Wednesday. Um, it, we had some of that in the early season, just kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down. For the most part, I've been mostly up here. Uh, like I said, at least lately, mostly we've been down. We've gotten right back up and done really well after that. So hopefully that's the the case yeah, here. Uh, yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, we're with some wood around. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for the last five weeks, 20 weeks, we have some work to do to keep that going. Uh, this week, hopefully, we can get off this roller coaster and just get back to like win, break even, win, break even. That's much more fun than win, lose, win, lose, right? Yeah. 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 You want the graph to kind of do this number, not this one. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's been more fun when it's been going up the last um, you know month or two than this this week just being the roller coaster. Uh, a lot of one run games in baseball today, and we're on the right side of a few of them here. Um, and then not on the right side of a few of them. That's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, when there's a lot of one-on-one games, everything just starts going crazy, right? I think one of the last times I was on here, we came off a weekend that had a bunch of one-on-one games of them, yeah. that didn't bounce our way. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I said, the more one-on-one games there are, the more you're just kind of like, it can either go really well, really bad, or right in the middle. And uh, so it goes sometimes. Uh, but before we get to today's game, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're not yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn the notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with the Finny Finny others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Also, go check out Horse Racing Today if you're interested in horse race betting. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years. Of combined experience in handicapping horse races, there's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Then you can check out their YouTube shows or the website. The links are in the description. And just that last reminder, we've started that Patreon page for those of you who want to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include various things such as exclusive access to our Discord. Me and the co-host talk about plays, line movements, all sorts of interesting sports betting stuff. We've got ad-free shows, early access to shows, and early access to model projections. If you're interested in grabbing some of those mispriced openers, uh, lots of options there for you. Uh, we always appreciate any support that people provide. Uh, a lighter slate today here on a Thursday. I feel like sometimes these Monday, Thursdays sometimes have 10 or 12 games, and sometimes they're like seven, you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. I guess they're saving them all up for the weekend, uh, yeah. the most lives as possible. But you would think 
with college football, like in the NFL starting, man, they 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 would put more of the games in the middle of the week get more of those eyes. But yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of it's about attendance, uh, more about in person rather than TV stuff, right? Uh, especially with baseball, it's interesting. I don't want to derail us too much, but with it, it's baseball, it's interesting. With the, the TV contracts, are so much guaranteed money as long as the games air, and it's it's. They don't even care as much about how many eyeballs go on it. So they schedule out for trying to get people to come, which is uh, it's just interesting dynamic, a different dynamic than 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 football for sure. Uh, starting us off here, we got some afternoon games, one fifteen Eastern first pitch, Nats at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals losing the first game of the series, winning the second one handily, winning the third game, but not covering on the run line, winning just by one here uh, for the Thursday afternoon game. We should start off again. Weather projections a little bit. Uh, more tentative here night before uh, we'll know a whole lot more in the morning, but as of right now, it looks like winds blowing in around five miles an hour, mid seventies to start around 80 degrees to close. Uh, Josiah Gray versus Adam Wainwright, Josiah Gray, 491 ERA underlying metrics say that's pretty spot on Wainwright 321 ERA underlying metrics say it should be a little bit higher than that by about a half run. Uh, but either way, Wainwright's still a much better pitcher. The underlying metrics would agree with that. I think our eyeballs would agree with that. Um, Cardinals, Get the edge everywhere again. Doesn't mean they'll win. Doesn't mean they'll cover the run line, but I'm going to be back on them with the run line at minus 140. It's only a B-grade play. Minus 140 for a home run line is just a little steep unless it's like, you know, Max Scherzer versus, you know, I don't want to pick on the, the worst pitchers, but a bullpen game for the Giants. How about that? <laughs> it, it's just a, it's just kind of steep. So it's, it's a B grade play for me on the money line. The model says Cardinals minus two ninety nine, about a seventy five percent chance of winning. And so right now the money line price of minus two seventy five would offer some value. Um, whether you go money line or run line, either one I think is a smart investment. Just all about personal preference and how you want to play things. Here I think the run line probably makes a little bit more sense because the odds are just so steep. Uh, we've seen that uh, you know. Again, this third game of the series aside, it's it's been generally better to save yourself the odds on these type plays with the bigger favorites. Uh, total of eight, and the model projects sevens. The model would project an under, and this one doesn't think the Nats can really score off a of Wainwright. Uh, again, that slight breeze blowing in, and a pretty pitcher-friendly park when it's not in the 90s in St. Louis. So again, model thinks a low-scoring game there. Uh, one of the bigger model edges on totals of the day, of course, not as many games. Uh, but again, model thinks low scoring game. Nats don't score much. Cardinals win handily. So it'd be a great pick for me on the Cardinals run line. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all over the Cardinals. This is probably my favorite play of the day. Uh, like I'm doing the Cardinals run line. I'm probably even going to sprinkle a little bit. I mean, I know we're way early here, so we don't know about the lineups, but sprinkle a little bit on pulls to hit a home run. Just, just <laughs> you know, it's it's just fun for fun. Happen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like Wainwright. He's pitching great. Um, the Cardinals are just a much, much better team than the Nationals. Uh, Lord, I don't know if you can put those two, say those two are playing the same sport at sometimes. But <laughs> uh, I think the Cardinals run away with this one fairly easy. I, I don't I don't see a way in the Nats really grab this one. Yep, yep. I tend to agree with that. Uh, 220 Eastern, first pitch, Reds at the Cubs. Around 80 degrees for the entirety of this game. Wind's blowing kind of in kind of across from right field around five miles an hour. No total out for this one. Cause they want to wait until the morning to get a better idea of the weather. That's why I'm always talking about the weather. If we're off a little bit on the weather, 
in St. Louis, it matters less than in Wrigley. Wrigley, it matters uh, on that wind. If it's in or across, and right now it looks like it kind of could be either one, and that really matters for projecting a total. So this is – anytime you see something like this where the books haven't put a total up, but I'm projecting one, know that my number might change a lot too, and it's all based on the weather. Um, who knows exactly how accurate this forecast will be, but you know, it, it's a 220 Eastern game, and I'm projecting this the night before. So by the time we get to the morning, we've cut down 80% of the time between now and then. So it's a much better idea of what the weather will look like but if it is blowing in a little bit that'll keep the total down because the wind matters a whole lot in Wrigley so normally a five mile an hour wind does very little for us but at Wrigley a five mile an hour wind blowing in does actually help the pitchers uh, because there's no grandstands there to block it and actually does have that true effect it'll be Luis Sessa versus Adrian Sampson Sessa has a 518 ERA underlying metrics say maybe not quite that bad but definitely not a good pitcher Sampson the guy I talked about a lot um Great season, 395 ERA, and the underlying metrics say that's pretty spot on. Model's still holding out a little bit because of previous bad seasons, but again, I like him. He's looked pretty solid. It seems like he's whatever he's doing this year versus last you know couple of years is working for him. Um, and neither set of relievers very good. Neither offense is very good. Uh, I guess give the Cubs a little bit of an edge on offense, but it, it didn't work out for him here on Wednesday. I'll be back on the Cubs, though, here to finish out this series on a Thursday afternoon. Model says Cubs minus 151. I'm on the Cubs minus 136. It's an A-grade play, and it's about as high as I want to go with an A-grade. I was really hoping for 135 was kind of the number I had in my head. I figured if I had 135 in my head, I might as well do 136 as an A-grade. But as with anything, with when I talk about these grades, there, there's no real cut point where it just drops from A to a B. It's A-minus and B-plus sort of stuff. At some point, it, it, you know, a lot depends on what number you're looking at anyway, and there's just it's all shades, right? So uh, a great play on the Cubs, about as high as I want to go. I think there's value on the Cubs at this number. Again, model thinks it should be more like minus 150. Uh, model projects 8.1. Again, highly variable on the weather, no total out on that. But a great play for me on the Cubs. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I like the Cubs in this spot. Samson seems to be throwing pretty well. Uh, not not a big fan of Sessa. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a few more bats in that. Cubs lineup than than the Reds, uh, so I, th- I think everything leans that way, and I'm, I think the bullpens are pretty much a wash. I'm not sure where you have them in the ratings, but it, I, I think it's splitting hairs I, between the two. Yeah, it's probably right. I have the Reds as bad and the Cubs as worse, but it's not. I mean, it's it's usually I say with the Cubs, if you're backing them, and we backed them on the run line, backed them on the money line a few times here the last month or two, and and it's mostly worked for us. Not always, but mostly. Uh, but we've mostly like the Cubs. They've been pretty undervalued i think uh but with the cubs it always feels like get ahead early and then hang on for dear life and i think that's kind of the same thing here benefit is that the reds bullpen's not very good either so it's like it's not quite as much like if you're going up against a a team with a good bullpen it's like you know you're going to be outscored at the end so you better get up by three you know here it's kind of like even if they're only up by one like they'll give up some the reds will give up some (laughs) yeah yeah Keeps you watching all day. It keeps it keeps you in the stadium. That's it, one way to look at it. Sell some more <laughs> hot dogs and beer. It's, you know, it's hey, it's it is a well thought out, well machine there in Chicago. You know, uh, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, GM being like, hey, working with the owner, you know, uh, worse, good offense, bad bullpen, longer games, more beer sales, right? <laughs> we're, we're out of the playoffs. Let's just get this money while we can. Hey, hey how man. I choose to look at it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all that said, I'm on the Cubs. I think. I think. The starting pitcher edge is big enough for them to win this one. And yep. 
maybe not have it so questionable. Yep, I, I agree. Like I said, Samson, like you said, Samson's been throwing the ball really well, and, and the model's still not too high on him. But this year, he keeps looking good, and uh, it's 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 a new year and, and, and good things for him uh, versus some previous struggles. Uh, but he, he really seems like he's turned the corner, so I'm, I'm very comfortable backing Adrian Samson. The sentence I did not think I would say a year ago, but but here we are. Um, one other afternoon game, this one in the late afternoon. Game one of a doubleheader between the Giants and the Brewers. Uh, I'm projecting here that they will keep the roof open. It looks like a nice day there. A little bit warmer for the first game in Milwaukee. Not too much, though. Uh, low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. So maybe a little bit of a boost to the bats, but not by too much. Uh, models projecting a total of 8.3 and a Brewers line of minus 181. It'll be Corbin Burns versus Scott Alexander, but Jacob Junis is expected to get the bulk of the work, so I've plugged him into the model. If that changes and it looks like it'll be more of a true bullpen game, then this would get worse. Junis projects to be fairly league average, can eat up some innings, not a ton. He's, and like we were talking about before, that's the problem when he started has been he's not a guy that you really feel like can go six, seven innings. Uh, that, that's not even really on the table. He's kind of best used going four or five, and if things go bad, it's more like three. As uh, having an opener in front of him, uh, I don't know if Alexander's going to go you know, one or two. You never quite know with the openers, but maybe that eats up some innings. Junis can eat some up. That's average. Again, I project this to go better for the Giants with Junis eating some innings rather than a true bullpen game. We'll get to game two, which is what it sounds like a true bullpen game. A true bullpen game, I, the model does not like them whatsoever. They just don't have a lot of good arms, and it's hard to find that many innings. In general, I think it's going to be a long day for the Giants. I, you got to get through, you know, 16 innings, maybe 17, maybe 18, maybe more of those extras. But, I mean, minimum, you got to get through 16. Um, that's You lose both of them, so you hope for more than 16 if you're a Giants fan. But that's a lot of innings from relievers that aren't very good, uh, especially coming off of a travel day, uh, you know, traveling halfway across the country. I don't think it's going to go well for the Giants. Model says Brewers minus 181. Obviously, Corbin Burns is really good. Take it a step back a little bit lately, but still a great pitcher. I'm not going to overreact to that. I don't think he's washed up or anything. It's just I think he's kind of fallen from that second tier to the third tier, but still, again, a really good pitcher. Um this should be massive edge brewers. Just it's all about the price, right? I mean, it, we always talk about buy points on teams. So that's kind of what I want to talk about here. I, ignoring the run line and, and, and brewers run line would probably be the way to go to back them rather than laying big odds. But I mean, model says minus 181. So for me, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping for like minus 170 on the brewers. If I was going to be on the Giants, I'd really like plus 200. Uh, Going against Corbin Burns, though, I don't really think I'd feel that comfortable with the Giants unless I was getting odds like in that plus 200 range. Um, obviously, we'll see what the price is tomorrow uh, in, in the morning, and we'll update that. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on this one, Jake? Yeah, this, this seems like a, a terrible run for the uh, Giants here, having two bullpen games on a doubleheader day. That's One of them might be close, and if, if one of them is close, it'll be the first one. Um, and then in the second one, they're, you're going to end up with just really bad guys throwing innings. And yeah. I mean, a Brewers offense that kind of hit or miss should be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you've probably got what? You've got Burns and Peralta going, I think. Yep. So I, yep. I just think those two will kind of dominate. It's going to be a good day for the Brewers. I'm, I'm probably going run line either way. I mean, obviously, price matters and yep. all, all, all that. But just guessing I'm, I'm probably looking run run line on both games and okay. I, I think I'll clear both of them, but I'll tweet it out if we end up doing it as long as the price matches. 
My my only and, and I'm, I'm with you there. My only concern about this one: the Brewers losing these two games in Colorado, the way they lost uh, on Tuesday, then not you know not even being you know having a whatever it was four run lead, five run lead, or whatever, not even being competitive on Wednesday's day game. That's my only fear with the Brewers. I, I'm with you though in general. I mean, the pitching matchup massively favors the Brewers. Both offenses are pretty solid. I mean, neither one's great, you know, but both are okay. But I mean, the pitching matchups all Brewers. But I, you just you have to be a little bit concerned about we're to that point of the month, point of the year where the Brewers may be looking at the standings, kind of realizing it's over, realizing that those two losses to the Rockies were games they really needed to win if they had any chance. Um, that's kind of the only fear I have. Did the bats fall asleep? Uh, is Burns a little bit not motivated? You know, saying like, "Hey." Uh, I only have so many more starts now. I don't have to worry about a postseason, you know, or, or, or does he go the other direction and say, I don't have to worry about it. So I'm going to go throw as hard as a kid. I, I feel like he can go a lot of different ways. You know, you, you think those two knocked him out of the playoffs? I, I don't know about knocked them out as much as their odds were already not very good. And then it, it, it's more about those were two games that you wanted to win. Kind of deal. Say what? And then death now. You think those, those was the last, last, the last one there. Potentially. I, I'm less of a believer in that more just about when you have, winnable games against a bad team, you really want to take advantage because you know, you have games later that are tougher and it's, it's when you're giving away the games that you, you know, you have a 60% chance of winning or whatever, especially when you have in game, the win probability in game for Tuesday should have been 99% or whatever, <laughs> you know, 98%, 97%, whatever. That really caught me off guard. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was kind of keeping up with that one. And I was just like, Oh, Oh, Oh <laughs> yeah. Just kept getting worse. But I mean, I don't know. I, I still tend to think they're a much better team and it's a bad situation. And I mean, all of those guys are still playing, like at least from the offensive, are, pl- are playing for stats. They're playing for jobs and yeah. Yeah, playing yeah. for jobs and stuff. So I think offensively they're okay enough. I mean, I mean, Burns might not go deep. They might, uh, they might start curtailing some of those innings to help them from next year if the playoffs are really done. But I, I still think they're on the outside edge here and get a shot. Cause I, I don't know. I don't really believe in the Padres right now. Let's say it's 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 the Padres and the Phillies, Phillies are right there, and those are the two teams that they got to catch one of them. I mean, it, it, you hope that 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 doesn't carry over for the Brewers that they come out and, and give it their all here because it is only four games, and if you're gonna, if, I mean, it, if you think you can make a run, you got to beat the Giants at home, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially, you especially you win at home for sure. You, you got to win at home against a, a very mediocre Giants team who's double. It's not like you're going against Webb or Radon, and you've got Birds and Peralta going. So, um, with you, there's just, and I can just bring, kind of bring that up because it's something that I don't want people to necessarily just think one way or the other to think, oh, they are done or to think they're yeah. really, it's kind of one of those, there's a lot of things on the table here. Um, I, I tend to think. It's hard to assess that. I'm just bringing up what's on the table. In general, I tend to rely on the numbers here, and uh, I'm like you. I, I'm hoping that the number is so that we can back the Brewers because the Giants obviously can pull the upset. Their offense can do it, but if Burns shows up and pitches like he can, uh, the Brewers should have the advantage in this one. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that there's a number out there. I'm going to be comfortable taking the Giants. Like, it's, even like, I mean, once it gets so high, it's like. I don't care, but I'm never going to be 
comfortable taking the job. Like you're good, you're gonna do it, but you're not gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we talked about that. We just did our uh, college football show uh, wrapping that up, and there's there's there, um, there's definitely plays like that where you're like, I- I'm gonna do it, but I don't really love it. Yeah. All right, uh, six forty-five Eastern first pitch. Marlins at the Phillies. Phillies getting it done for us here tonight. Marlins losing by one again. That's what I talk about. The Marlins just seem to lose by one. I mean, that's I talked about taking the run line with them. I mean, it. Yeah. It's never. That's never be so, bad luck. It's gotta yeah. Be so tough. Yeah, uh, they got they got three runs, which is about kind of where they seem to max out at three runs. <laughs> Um, the uh, Sandy Alcantara here against Kyle Gibson in this one. I still think that Sandy's going to win the Cy Young. I still think his season-long statue, I think it would take an utter collapse for him not to, but you do have to be a little bit concerned. Two of the last three starts, he's looked really terrible. Three of the last five, now he's given up at least four runs. I... in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, is it all these innings? That's been the, the biggest thing with him is he's thrown so many innings per start, which has made him so valuable, especially to a team that's had mediocre to subpar relievers. But are those innings taking a toll, or is it just random variability? He's obviously still really, really good, but you, you do kind of have to wonder now with bad starts starting to pile up here, if he's 100% at this point. I, yeah, that's I, I tend to think he's, he's starting to get tired a little bit. But I mean, who knows? We were talking yeah. about this in our Discord. Like, this is it was a wild game. I'm I'm not making a play here because, man, Alcantara's <laughs> got this thing going right now where it's every other game he's right, right. more or more or shutting a team out. Yeah. So this this and that if that pattern continues, he either shuts the Phillies out or gives up one. Which with the Marlins offense, they can still lose by when he gives up one. Absolutely. Um, so so I, nothing here makes me comfortable enough to make a play. So I'm, I'm dodging this game, but man, I, I just, I hope all the contrary. I hope the Marlins get it together so he can be on a team that makes the playoff run. Cause I'd love to see him go. Well, I mean, you never know what they're going to do in the off season. They've already talked about trading some of their pitchers away. And it's like, uh, I hope that they do. I hope it's not for prospect. I hope it's for offense. Right. We talked about it from the very start of the season. This Phillies team had a chance to make the playoffs and be really good. They had the pitching, uh, and, and relievers are easy to solve. If their relievers yeah. were doing this, they could have easily added one in June of the trade deadline, trade market early before the deadline or in July as it got closer. It was the bats. We said it from early on. I remember talking in April, we talked about it, that the offense was the biggest question mark. Uh, Chisholm, Chisholm looked good, but, but even, even him being healthy, he was still the only guy really yeah. doing anything. And that was the thing is they needed more than that. And that's the big question next year. So, I mean, if they trade from their pitching surplus, get Chisholm healthy and bring on another bat or two, maybe sign a guy all of a sudden that could be a really fun team. But as it is just continuing to struggle offensively, you never know with what Sandy's going to do. If he was pitching like he was before, I would have said Marlon's run line makes a lot of sense. They keep losing by one, but I am a little bit worried if he is fatigued and if he does give up multiple runs, like he has every, every once in a while here lately, this might be one of the rare games the Phillies don't lose, or the Marlins don't lose by one. I'm going to take the Phillies at minus 124. Model says it should be minus 137. So it's a B grade play. You can't ever feel super confident going up against a guy who, again, is almost assuredly going to win the Cy Young. But the Marlins can't score, and the Marlins relievers haven't been that good. The Phillies keep winning these games by a run, and and I don't think that's I don't think that's really luck. I think that's mostly. 
when the Marlins don't score a lot of runs, it's hard to win games. The Marlins relievers aren't that good. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really set up for success, you know, for them. And so, again, you never really know what you're going to get here at this point from, from Sandy. If you feel more confident, like I said, I'd play Marlins run line. I'm not sure I'd want them to win. I'd, I'd want to bet them to win. But run line would be a solid look to see if they lose by one again. Obviously, they could pull it off. But at 124, I think there's an advantage Phillies here. Some of them with a B-grade play. Uh, slight breeze blowing in at five to five-ish miles an hour. Uh, upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. Model says total of 7.1. Actual total is 7. So the model says stay away from this total. Um, obviously you never expect an over with the Marlins, but you just, again, I, I, I think a lot is if Sandy gives up four runs, this thing might go over. If he pitches dominant, then it's going to go under. So I, I model says it's a stay away totals too low. There is an under that I really like later though. Uh, but this one wouldn't be it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's gotta be so, so much pressure on Sandy when you're out there and you've got to feel like you've got to be perfect. Yeah. Come away with maybe a win. Yeah. But it's, so it's, I can imagine all, all the all the pitchers really. It's just he's the best yeah. one of all of them. But they've all yeah. got to feel that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just well, it's just like when you don't have an offense that's going to help out at all, like oh, any of those Marlins guys. But when you're when you're looking at a Cy Young, because that's what he's playing for now, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the Marlins aren't going to make the playoffs, so you're looking at that, and that's because he doesn't have one yet, right? I don't, uh, I don't believe so. No. Yeah. So I mean, that's got to be. And I mean, they know they look at look at wins, so he's going to be wanting every win to just because it's hard to. I would imagine it's hard to get people to vote for you when you're on a team that's so far out of it. Uh, yeah, I think at least thankfully though, once Burns won, I think that at least set the stage for yeah. we don't look at wins anymore with pitchers. So I think it, thankfully we've at least crossed that threshold uh, uh, because Burns was more of the underlying metrics type thing, and so. Thankfully, he's got that going for him. So as long as he stays healthy, he's got it. I I, I don't even think he's pitching for the Cy Young at this point as much as I think he's pitching for like just setting career highs and just, you know, stats, just being like how many strikeouts, can he, how many innings can I go, that yeah. sort of stuff. Because yeah. the stats are pretty impressive what he's put up. They get yeah. a fantastic oh, they, season. They're incredible. He's, yeah. he's been – I've watched Marlins games just to watch him. Pitch. Right, it's absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. He's definitely one of the most fun players to watch in baseball at this point. Uh, 7-5 Eastern first pitch, Twins at the Yankees, uh, mid-70s to start, low-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in around five miles an hour. Sonny Gray versus Nestor Cortez is the projected matchup. Not confirmed, thus there's no line out. Model says Yankees minus 114. I'm going to be on the Twins on this one again. Uh, I was on the Yankees for one of the games here on the doubleheader, so I split there. Yankees took both. I split. Um, Yankees maybe starting to play a little bit better. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. You never really know. Again, as I've talked about, they were never as bad as their w- rough stretch here. They were never as good as that incredible stretch. They were always somewhere between a very good baseball team, but still probably behind uh, the Dodgers, who are just insanely good. Um, uh, Cortez, a good pitcher. Sonny Gray, good pitcher. Both these guys I like. Uh, Gray has a 310 ERA. Underline metrics say mid threes. Cortez, 268 ERA, but underline metrics also say mid threes. So both these guys. Very good pitchers, not great, but good. Both sets of relievers, good. I give the Twins an advantage there. Offensively, though, as as much as the Yankees offense may be coming along now here recently, both these offenses are kind of hot and cold. The Twins offense has been that way all season. They have stretches where they look unstoppable, and they have stretches where they look, you know, they can't score, and they don't get a lot of attention being in Minnesota. But it's been kind of the same thing that the Yankees have done, right? Where they've it's just been – the Yankees have clumped them together more so, but – you know, both these offenses can go hot or cold. Both of them are good, but, but neither one of them consistent, which 
has to scare you if you're a fan of either team going to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that'd have to be absolutely terrifying to never know if your offense is going to be there or not. Yeah, the Yankees so reliant on on Judge, of course, and, and fantastic player and a likely MVP. Um, always great to have a guy like that in your back pocket. But if you're just relying on him hitting hit home runs, when he does, it goes well, and he hits a lot of them. But when he doesn't, it doesn't seem to go as well for him. So, uh, like I said, two good offenses, but it, you know you're, you're hoping for more consistency from either one of those teams. But it should be a great baseball game. Uh, two good starting pitchers, some good offenses. Uh, again. Model says Yankees should be a slight favorite. I'm almost certain I'll be on the Twins on this one. It'll be just be a question of what the what the odds are. My hunch is it's going to be an A grade play on the Twins run line. Total uh, this one. Model says 7.4. So uh, uh, the run line play on the Twins didn't work out here in the nightcap on Wednesday. But if it is a low scoring game, uh, run line makes a, get, grabbing that one and a half makes a lot of sense because you're more likely to see a three-two type ball game. So. I, I just I think the Twins are not getting the respect they deserve. I think the Yankees are all of a sudden being priced like they are again in that top tier. And I'm just I'm not a believer yet. The model still ranks their offense uh, still good, not great. So like I said, I'll probably be on the Twins here. Model says 114 for the Yankees and a total of 7.4. Jake, any thoughts for us on this one? Not, not too much more than what you've already said. I, I'm probably done in this game no matter what because I don't trust either offense to be there or not to be there. And the pitchers are good, but nothing super special. So, like, it's probably going to be one of the more entertaining games to watch. Absolutely. Judge could hit, hit 10 home runs if he gets that many of that. <laughs> once. Uh, right. So he's playing New York. Who I forget what manager, manager or somebody said. So he's playing in a little league park up there, but which uh, <laughs> is kind of funny. But. You know, it, I. I I've heard a lot of chatter about that. I don't want to derail us too much. Yeah. I guess there's fewer games so we can, but I've heard a lot of chatter about judge playing at a small ballpark or whatever. I'm like Yankee City is not the most hitter friendly ballpark in the league. It's not even in the top 10. Like, I don't understand where all this judge plays in us. Like, yes, it can be home. I don't, yeah. people, people want to hate on the Yankees that for any possible reason, which I I'm one of them. fair. I must say fair, very fair. Yeah. But like, I don't, I mean, at some point just give credit to the guy. Like, yeah. y- you know, He's not playing in Cincinnati. He's not playing in Coors. He's not playing, you know, in, in Arizona before they had the humidor when the ball really flew in there at, you know, having a little altitude there in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, Yankee Stadium isn't the trop, right? But it's kind of a middle of the road park with regards to park. Now, it isn't, it's a little home run friendly. Yeah. Uh, a little bit like, I think it's home run friendly and a little bit double unfriendly. And there are certain dimensions there that play more favorable to home run. Sure. But he also had a lot of games in April there where it was like 50 degrees and the ball wasn't flying. And he's going to get those games in September where it's 50 degrees and the ball doesn't fly. Like overall for the full season, Yankee stadium plays pretty neutral. Like I said, barely home run friendly. Like I don't understand this chatter whatsoever. Like if in the summer, again, it's a little bit better, but it's, I mean, it's not a home, it's not a run scoring environment. I, we, I don't remember in April, we backed the, we did so many Yankees unders because it was just cold up in the North and people didn't realize that like new ball not flying cold weather, like balls were going anywhere. And he had to play through that the whole month of April and he still hit 50, whatever home runs now. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, it was, it was, I think he's at 52 or something. I, what? You know, he's probably hitting them overnight, to be honest. Yeah. The guy just can't stop hitting them. <laughs> but like you said, definitely an entertaining game for sure. Um, I totally understand the lack of trust in either offense. And I'm with you on the pitchers. Again, both, neither one of them so good. You're like, 
he's going to dominate. I can back him, but both of them can because both of them are good pitchers, but they're both facing good offenses. So it's, it, it should be a really entertaining game. Like I said, I'll probably be on the twins. Jake sounds like you're probably passing on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that. I mean, the numbers have to be something special for me to get involved in this game, but right now I'm, just, I'm avoiding it. All right, and then game two of that doubleheader, kind of already briefly mentioned it, Giants at the Brewers. This will be Freddie Peralta versus a true bullpen game for the Giants is what it sounds like. And again, the model thinks true bullpen games for the Giants not going to go well. Of course, Peralta a step down from Corbin Burns. Peralta more in that tier with Nestor Cortez and Sonny Gray. Good, can dominate, but not top-tier type pitching. Peralta's 356 ERA on the season. Underline metrics say that's about what he's done or what he where he should be. Again, a very good pitcher guy like um, cooling off a little bit in Milwaukee. We're going to start around 80 degrees, probably uh, low 70s to, to, to finish off. Again, roof should be open for this one. Models has a total of 8.9. Expects a few more runs because, again, Peralta a step down from Burns, and then, again, things going worse for the Giants. It's always interesting with game twos. If you want to wait until game one plays out, never a bad idea to see exactly, especially in this one. I think this one's even more important. I might make a pick earlier in the day because I'm making a pick on every game and I want to get it out of the way, but it's never a bad idea to wait, especially with the bullpen game situation. If the Giants... You know, if Junis eats up innings and or the Giants get down early and they just say we're going to throw all of our weaker relievers. Not that their best relievers are great, but if they just throw it and the Brewers win seven, nothing, maybe the Brewers have a better, I mean, the Giants have a better chance in game two, saving up those guys. But if the Giants use up their good relievers in that first game, really don't like their chances in the second game. So it really just depends on which relievers are going. They don't have a lot of good ones anyway, but they do have some that they prefer. So you have to think that they're the manager at least thinks they're better. Uh, so again, depending on how that first game goes reliever wise kind of might affect how you think about this one as it is model says Brewers minus 175 again, total around nine. Um, I kind of think the same thing about the first one, like we talked about, like I, I'm hoping for a minus 170 on the Brewers minus 160 would be great. I'm hoping for a corresponding run line in that ballpark, you know, of, you know, around even money would be great. Who knows if we'll see it, but that, that would be the hope. And, and I kind of think like the first game, there's a buy point on the Giants. If it gets in the 200s, you probably have to play it uh, just because the odds are so high. But uh, obviously, it's, it'd, be, it'd be much more fun to find a favorable price on the Brewers than the Giants. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot more comfortable there. And, I mean, you know the Brewers manager is going to – this is stupid, but uh, he's going to go for the win and, and whenever he can. So if in that first game – he can throw. He'll if it's close. He's going to throw his top end relievers. He's not. That also, it'll, yeah, absolutely. So you absolutely. could end up with possibly could, weekend, weekend pitching on both sides yep. in those late innings. So that that over under number could be something to watch there, depending on what the first game does. But absolutely, uh, it's a great it's a great point. I mentioned about the Giants, but it's a great point. The, the Brewers relievers they got a couple guys at the back end that are solid, but they're also pretty thin. It's a great point. If if they get if Burns is done after seven and it's a one run game. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Trevor Rogers, you know, but they're for sure going to Devin Williams and going to use him. And some guys can bounce back and pitch both games of a double hitter, but most don't. Most if they if, if they pitch in a game, they're done for the next one. And so depending on who gets used for them, same same sort of scenario, right? Uh, so absolutely, depending on how the relievers go for both teams, could really change how you feel about the second game. If they're all saved, then maybe you know you. You don't really, you know, you like the under there, but if all those good relievers get used up, maybe you think that the second one becomes a run, a run scoring fest, right? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Now, so I mean, 
who knows what's going to happen but with that but uh, i'm all i'm probably going to be pretty heavy on the brewers when those lines come out if they're somewhat reasonable as long as they're not crazy yeah and and just and just as a clarification because people sometimes talk about this as a reminder we're talking about that every team is a buy po- buy point and if you disagree with that then talk to me off show and i would like to take the giants at plus 10,000 and you take the Brewers at minus 10,000. And I think that kind of proves my point. Yeah. It's obviously it's a stupid yeah. example. Yeah. Nobody would do that, but that's the point. Every there's a number. Now the number may be really high, but I think we all can agree there is a number. And I, I think people who are just like, Oh, we're just taking the Brewers. I'm like, but at what number? Because like it, it, minus 200. Okay. I, I think a little high. I don't really like that, but like, it's not, I, I, I can respect well, it, you know? Yeah. Uh, my, minus 250 like whoa you know minus 300 like okay you're just you're crazy like you shouldn't lay minus 300 with the brewers right it, it, and, and thankfully the number won't be there so we won't have to deal with that but always have to think about what the buy point would be uh for teams here again i'm like if the giants are like plus 200 like it's it's at some point there's value you know, whether your number's 200 or 220 or whatever but i'm like yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to run the brewers should be a much more fun side to be on if there's yeah. if there's value even small value it's worth it to be on the brewers in that spot rather than the giants in these games uh because okay. the bullpen games just aren't going to go well for this giants team the relievers are just terrible yeah yeah i mean it's 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 scary and I'm I'm surprised, honestly, that there are bullpen games right here. Because if you're to the Giants, if you've got young starter somewhere, why not give them a shot? Like, all right, yeah. let's see what you got. Like, I'm, I'm very surprised. Yeah, uh, the bullpen game worked so well for them last year, and this year it's just not, yeah. not gone well. Uh, closing us off here, one game out on the West Coast, 940 Eastern start time, 640 local. If you're in the area, White Sox at the A's, still kind of warm out in California, uh, cooling off obviously at night, low 80s to start, which is relatively warm for Oakland. Um, low 70s to finish, winds will be blowing out, kind of dying down as the night goes on, like we usually see in Oakland. Obviously, the White Sox have a better offense in the A's, uh, White Sox facing a lefty in J.P. Sears gives their offense a little bit of a boost as their offense is nothing but right-handed hitters. I think in one switch hitter guy, I mean, it's all righties, it seems like, uh, which is why they project better against lefties, and they've typically done better against lefties here recently. Obviously, the relievers are better in the A's. Uh, the A's relievers every once in a while look good, and then every once in a while look like they do here on this Wednesday where they're up 2-0 on the Braves, and the relievers come in, and the Braves win 150-2, to two, you know? Um <laughs> Dylan sees for the White Sox, obviously having a fantastic year, you know, top five in the Cy Young voting, most likely 213 ERA on the season. Now I do caution. He's not that good. Uh, That's not really breaking news. I mean, not many pitchers are 213 ERA good. That's like basically Jacob deGrom. And that's it. Um, Underlying metrics for him say his ERA should be in the low threes, which is still very, very good. Model says though he's in that third tier, not the second tier. Again, Jacob deGrom tier one by himself. Really, really good pitcher he's been overpriced for most of the season and so the fact that he's not overpriced here in this one is why i'm on the white Sox. i'm giving it a b grade pick at white Sox minus 181 model says minus 183 and again this is about me reading the model and saying that c's has often been overpriced so any situation where he's not i i want to go a little bit heavier on it than usual because we've often faded him it's worked sometimes it hasn't worked other times uh but i think this is a good spot to back him it's a good spot to back the white Sox facing a lefty uh it's it's a it's a road game but it's a road game not in front of any fans and it's a road game where they're traveling from just down the road in seattle um so that helps too because you're not traveling across time zones 
And again, as much as I like JP Sears, I've touted him before. I picked him to beat the Mariners uh, back a couple of weeks ago and, and, and hit that one. He does have that 237 ERA, but again, that's deflated by pitching at this point. Now, almost half of his innings in Oakland, his underlying metrics say his ERA should be around four. I like the kid. I think he's got potential, but I think he's more just an average pitcher, which if you're a Yankees fan, you may be saying you need an average guy to eat some innings right now, but I think he's just a league average pitcher. A league average lefty is prime candidate for the White Sox to put up a few runs. Dylan Cease only needs a few runs. Money line, run line, I think it's probably pretty coin tossy. I think uh, taking the White Sox on the money line makes sense if you think it's going to be a really low scoring game because it's harder to win by more than one. Model projects 6.6. I like the under in this one as well. The actual total is 7. I like going under 7. I don't like going under under 6.5, but having that push protection, I like the under 7. I'm on the White Sox money line here because if you're playing the White Sox and the under, the money line probably makes more sense because then if it's one nothing, two one three two, you even four three, you win one, push one. But I think run line is also a reasonable play with the White Sox being the road team and the A's for sure having to get through nine innings. Sears isn't a guy you think is going to go extremely deep, and those relievers can give up some runs. So if you want to play run line, I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Jake, what do you got for us on this one? Yeah, I'm taking the White Sox run line. I'm hoping this one is a little. Late, too late of a start for La Russa to get in there and screw things up. Hopefully he's sleeping and so the real manager can make a move, make the right moves, and he doesn't, I don't know, walk somebody in a 0 point or something. I, yeah. Or, yeah. So hopefully yeah. He, that's done. I mean, the lefty, I, I like this White Sox team. Uh, Cease, the last time he pitched against the A's, which is the last time uh, I think the White Sox pitched him, they won 4 1. So that under and the run line kind of go together uh, just all the A's give up their 2-0 lead to the Braves I mean it's rare that you see that 10-9 score especially out there in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was so bonkers so, so I think this will be on the lower end of things but and I, I think it's going to be like that 4-1 4-2 uh, where Cease, Cease dominates the game goes 7 and really handles his business and we get, get a little extra money in there by taking the run line a little more risk, especially in a lower scoring environment, but uh, I'm I'm taking I'm taking that risk. Yeah, and we, and we always talk about that. It's, it's it's kind of a lot of personal preference on these two, right? You, you do have a little bit more risk on the run line with regards to the probability that you win, uh, but you have a little bit more risk on the money line with regards to if they lose, then you've given up uh, so much more by playing those big minus odds. So it, it's it's just personal preference. There's there's no such thing as a no such thing as a free lunch. No such thing as easy play, right? It, it's it's kind of a whichever one you want here. I think uh, both of these make a lot of sense. Uh, I think Larissa will still be out. I don't think he's going to join them back on the road. So uh, I don't think the start time uh, really matters. Uh, they're saying he might be back this season. I, I don't want to pile on a guy. You know, obviously we hope he, he's healthy. That's what we always hope for all managers, players, everybody, uh, physically, mentally, everything. We always hope for health, right? But. Uh, yeah, the decision we talked about it before the decisions he's made have been questionable. He's been the, the pitchers have not liked him whatsoever. You could see when they when he pulls them, a lot of times they're frustrated because they think they should be getting one more bat or whatever. And there's a lot of them, they won't even look at them. They'll just hand yeah. them, you know, I've seen them many a time he's pulled a starter and the starter won't even look at him. They just, you know, and so it's it's gone really well for the White Sox with him not there. And that's not surprising because he's just struggled so much, um, making good baseball decisions. <laughs> so uh, the White Sox are a team now, uh, you know, taking two or three from the Mariners on the road. You have to think 
maybe they're getting it going and starting to look like the team that we thought they might be all season, which is potentially competing for that division title. Yeah, I just hope it's not too little too late. Uh, if you're if you're a White Sox fan, that's your fear, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, there's no, there's no way he keeps his job next year, right? Like, you know, I, I I mean, I didn't think Scott Frost would keep his job in Nebraska, not to cross streams of <laughs> sports, but uh, you never know with what teams do, what GMs do, what owners do with, with regards to contracts. I don't know. It, I, the number of questionable decisions we've seen made on these things that seem like no-brainers to, to us have don't always go that way. So I don't know. I, I would I would hope not. I would think that they would say, like, we got to get someone in here who the players want to play for and who understands – it, 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 you know, what Larusa used to be a good manager. Would he have yeah. made some of these decisions ten years ago, twenty years ago, whatever? I would have to think not. But some some of it's like the game passing him by. But some of it's also just like, would he have really done some of this stuff twenty years ago, or is he just an old man who's lost his mind at this point? We are going to get we're all going to get old and lose our minds if we get we're going to lose our minds if we get old enough to right. And I just think that's kind of where he's at. Like it, he used to be fantastic, and it's just he's just not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's holding on to things that he really shouldn't be holding on to and mm. like and not letting like it's like he still thinks he's smart smarter than the game kind of deal like he was back yeah. then and he hasn't really adjusted with times and got that old man get off my lawn not I know yeah. better attitude and hey it's all it's always a reminder you always want to keep learning right? No matter how old you are, you always want to keep learning. You always want to surround yourself. You never want to be the smartest person in the room, right? You always want to surround yourself with smart people so that you can learn. If you're the smartest person in the room, go find new friends because you're not learning anything, right? So uh, that's just a good life lesson for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Any other parting words other than, again, check Twitter and the sheet. We'll update all the picks for games that don't have lines yet. Other than that, any parting words, Jake? Yeah, just jump on the Patreon. Don't be shy. Chat in there. Jump in there with us. Yeah, yeah, we're always we're talking about a lot of fun sports things and lines, everything. Ask questions, add your comments. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder: check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right to your feed. See you tomorrow with more MLB content. You also got now three episodes of college football content up to catch. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>